Okay, so welcome to uh, this week's episode of the Python People's Podcast. Um, this week, we are very lucky to be joined by none other than Isabel Borfiga. Isabel, welcome. Thank you very much for, uh, for being here with us today. Um, yeah, hi. Thank you very much for having me. You are most welcome. You're most welcome. So, Isabel, for those of uh, those people out there that don't know you, you are currently the innovation and data manager at uh, Markle. Um, it's how we've uh, we've got to know each other, and um, we uh, we've obviously been speaking for the last few months now in what is you know a very interesting uh, landscape, I guess, for you know everything that's going on, not just from a, a technology perspective, but from a you know truly global. Uh, remit in terms of you know, certainly times of flux and change for, for all of us but uh, we thought it'd be useful to get together and sort of bang our heads together and, and uh, share a few thoughts on uh, how the last few months have kind of changed things and, and really kind of what it all means for you know the sort of coming months as well really and um, so I'd like to start if I may by you know, asking you what, what are your kind of thoughts on the the current landscape in general at the moment you know the state of the market uh, the state of the economy how are you kind of feeling about everything uh, at the moment from your end? Um, so we are in July, which when we started talking in March, we definitely had a different vision of the world and different conversations, right? Different topics to bring up. Uh, July, at the, at the moment, I mean, you know, we're, I think we're all holding on to our seats right now is to understand where we're going to go, how bad the recession is going to be. People are talking about the beginning of it now, but have we really seen it? Or are we really just at the crisp beginning of it? Um, what should we expect? Are the provisions correct or are they actually going to get worse? Everything has reopened as of Saturday in the UK and in a lot of European countries. So when you look outside, people are out, they're shopping, they're eating out, they're buying pines with uh, their friends and families, they're circulating. People want to go and travel, but that doesn't mean that everyone is doing it. And that doesn't mean that everyone can do it. And that also doesn't mean that moving forward, everyone will be able to do it. So I think right now the landscape is that we're really trying to get back on our feet and live again. But we are warned by the media and the news, be careful, hold on tight to your seat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because like the whole way through lockdown, I, I felt a little bit like a, a caged animal wanting to get back out into the real world. And, you know, I thought I'd be somebody that, you know, as soon as lockdown was over, I'd sort of snap straight back to, you know, what it, what it was beforehand. But it's weird, like over the last few, few months and you know, listening to the, the media and kind of, you know, sort of forecasts of all the the health experts as well and the statisticians you know i really am quite wary of this whole second spike element if we just revert straight back to where we were and it, it you know, subconsciously in my mind it's had a big impact on actually I'm, I'm a bit reluctant now to be honest kind of go back to the, the the way we were and i think you know speaking to quite a few people um over the last few weeks you know i don't think i'm the only person i think there's a number of people out there that are still quite quite wary um you know about these um these warnings and kind of what it's going to mean for everybody which which i guess in turn is is going to continue to have a knock-on impact for kind of businesses and how they continue to conduct themselves and uh you know this this kind of remote working versus back on site in, in the office situation so it is obviously very very uh 
interesting times ahead. But how do you feel in terms of where the, the economy is right now, lockdown starting to to loosen and like you say, hopefully a bit of air being breathed back into the lungs of the economy. Do you feel we're, is it going to be kind of a, a dip and then back to normal or do you feel the economy is going to take um, a while before we, we get back to where we were? Uh, I'm, I, I can't read the future, unfortunately. Um, I would predict that it's going to be okay, to be honest with you. The second wave and everybody's going to be a lot more alarmed with it. Um, you know, now we have different reflexes as soon as someone gets the symptoms of the flu and their nose is running. Well, there is a chance that people will isolate and therefore, you know, creating a lot more of a lockdown, a natural lockdown moving forward. But we, we don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. We're just reopening. So hopefully the economy will be up and running again. Yeah. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, the skeptic in me or the you know, kind of pessimist, I guess, it, I, I personally feel like we've still got quite a bit of it to unfold. Um, you know, kind of, I think this, this whole momentum that we've had, you know, at the beginning when we were talking about how there was going to be a real shrink in the economy and then the, uh, the economists were saying, actually, no, it's only shrunk 3%. In, but then obviously it's, it's massively caught up with us in the last sort of few, uh, few weeks. And, and I feel that kind of lag um dynamic is you know still there and i feel that actually i don't know I, I hope not but just personally i feel that there, there could be a lot more yet to come before uh you know we kind of get back to anywhere near where we were but um but yeah you know like i say no one's got a crystal ball and, and no one kind of knows uh, what the future holds so all you can do really is be be positive and optimistic can't we um you know and sort of uh, yeah. keep, keep putting one foot in front of the other but um but I guess, you know, our, our conversation started around how technology has played a real kind of role in this this whole, uh, you know, pandemic in terms of how businesses continue to function and, and not only survive, but, you know, hopefully thrive. Um, so from what you've seen so far, how, how has technology had to transform, um, you know, kind of since this whole um, unfortunate situation has has come upon us and, and the pandemic has hit. How's, how's technology kind of changed from what you've seen so far? Um, well, technology has always been a part of our world, right? Whether we use our laptops on a daily basis, or we use our smartphones on a daily basis, or every company is actually trying to go online with either an application or a website. It's transformed in the fact that now everyone has become a lot more dependent on them, whereas before people used them more as a tool, as a means, and always knew that they were available. Um, another good example is that when all of the companies went, on, went home and workers went home, um, it became apparent that servers needed more space and they needed to become faster. And... Uh, the security needed to be enhanced because you didn't want any breach, right, from the outside world or on a regular Wi-Fi. People started Zooming instead of using Skype. People started using their smartphones a lot more and going everywhere with them because they just could be accessible at any time, right? So has it transformed 100% right now? Not necessarily, but it's... It's just becoming everyone's essential tool more than anything else. A lot of companies have probably shifted online. Um, and 
a lot of companies and a lot of models are probably shifting online to help other people stay home. I'll give you an example, which is the exams, um, the online exams, the graduate resources are offering for every student to take their, their exam online as opposed to going into a test center. So as technology transformed since the pandemic hit, it has always become an option. It has always been an option, sorry, for those resources to avoid students going to test centers and taking their exams online. However, now it's become mandatory. And while the technology is available, it doesn't always work, but that's another story, right? Um, and where we're really seeing the transformation too is that people are relying on the IT guy a lot more now. You know, everyone was always sort of leaving them in the back office, but now everybody needs to make sure that the internet is up to speed and everybody needs to make sure that there are enough gigs and everybody needs to make sure that the servers are working. And so, you know, to that, I think there should be a, a really high recognition to those who have made the technology available and um, really help keep it, let's say, relevant during this whole pandemic. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's been a horrendous situation for so many reasons, but it has, I think, in many ways, really forced a lot of businesses to, to go through a huge amount of digital transformation. Um, you know, not only from kind of an infrastructure and hardware perspective, but, just in terms of their their general, I suppose, approach to, to tech and their kind of awareness of it and, um, you know, their sort of strategy uh, moving forward, specifically around the data side, which we've, we've spoken about and, and no, no doubt we'll sort of go on to speak about. But it's, uh, it's, it's amazing, actually, how it's taken a situation like this to really kind of bring to the front and centre um, how pivotal technology is to, to businesses now, um, you know, not only to... To, to survive but to thrive and um, so uh so yeah okay cool so you mentioned their kind of essential technology um and i think you know that's quite an interesting paradigm to discuss you know essential versus non-essential technology you know what what do you what do you categorize within uh within those two two fields as, as essential versus non-essential for, for kind of where we are right now yeah um so essential is anything that allows us to work and live and survive in our very basic needs. So if you've reached out to any type, and obviously everyone is, has, is different, right, um, when it gets back to needs. But if you've, if you've reached out to something or your technology or whatever worked for you during the pandemic in order to keep moving, and that's what I consider essential. For me, it was my laptop and my cell phone, nothing more, right? Um, and obviously my Wi-Fi and my printer, et cetera, but I didn't need any extra applications, nor did I need uh, an extra monitor or extra, 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 right? Um, and that's different for everybody else. Now, the non-essential is anyone who's, any type of technology that I qualify as going into the matrix, so it's cool, it's fun, it's tech, um, but, but you don't really need it, right? So do we really, moving forward, need to invest and continue thinking about those matrix-like 
technologies, what is really the, the, the groundbreaking moving forward um, to help everyone live in a moment of fear, right? If we all need to lock down, are we really all going to revert to something that is so progressive that we might actually, it, will it become essential perhaps? Um, one more time, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball on that, but um, how, how can it help? How can it help people be comfortable in their home and actually feel okay, right? I'll give you another example. Maybe this one will be a lot more concrete. Um, anyone who was asked to work from home, work from home. Anyone who was required to go in, had to go in. Okay, we all lived that scenario. But really, you know, when we're asking people uh, and the essential workers to go in on low minimum wages, how can we offer them technology so that it can actually be better for them, right? How does that actually become essential? Um, is it a matter of supermarkets deploying better applications so that we can use our smartphones and we can actually just, you know, scan the products as we're buying them so that we don't put the workers at risk? Is it a matter of deploying more um, self-checkout um, self checkout cash registers so that you put less people at risk? But at the same time, it's a matter of not breaking down jobs, right? If you, if you add more self-checkout tails, then ultimately you end up having um, more people in order to put the products together and more people to have time to organize all around you and therefore making everything widely more available and the essentials a lot more available to who needs them. That's what I consider being essential tech versus non-essential tech. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting uh, where we, we all kind of sit on that spectrum, isn't it? Between Cause I mean, obviously most important thing in times like this is the economy keeps spinning. Um, you know, people continue to stay in jobs um, and there is this, really kind of interesting kind of juxtaposition i guess with you know we, we need technology to keep those plates spinning yet we as people you know we're using the technology in many areas that ultimately are kind of making our life easier but actually like you said potentially um making the the need for people redundant um you know because there's there's lots of um lots of companies that are speaking to at the moment that you know they've they've had some really really tough decisions to make um you know in terms of how they can sort of lower their uh, fixed costs and lower their overheads and unfortunately had to put people on on furlough scheme and uh you know make make redundancies and, and that kind of thing which is obviously a horrible situation i'm sure no company wants to be in yet they're now thinking about okay well why we are right now you know how do we go from a to b how do we kind of turn things around and, and take the next logical step forward and um yeah, sort of going back to the point i made earlier it's amazing how actually tech now has, has become front and center for a lot of businesses in terms of their, their sort of digital transformation and how so many businesses are now i'm speaking to are sort of saying actually our, our sort of technology strategy and our sort of data strategy in particular has been really kind of pretty rubbish today you know pretty non-existent and it's kind of taking this whole situation to to make us realize that and and you know they're, they're starting to think very heavily now around things like intelligent automation um you know to sort of recruit the 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 lack of output um you know that they have from a, a, a smaller workforce because they have less people physically in the business you know they're having to engage and employ 
um, you know, systems and um, and software that can still keep the business running, um, you know, to sort of keep that efficiency. So it's kind of this whole sort of contradiction, I guess, isn't it, of, of using technology to keep businesses running, but in the same breath, it, it, in certain instances, is uh, it's being used to replace people. You know, um, so what, what sort of um, what sort of role do you see? Um, where do you feel data and kind of data strategy? Where do you feel data sort of sits in this essential versus non-essential uh, tech landscape? And what sort of role do you feel data is going to play in uh, in the road to recovery moving forward? Yeah. So so data is always data has been shaped in the last ten years. Let's say. Um, Data is the uh, sister of tech, walking hand in hand with tech, right? Uh, so for any software or hardware where data is the underlying layer, that's how I always see it. Uh, data is a matter of knowledge and data is a matter of access, right? So data will always be in this tech landscape because now a lot of people are looking to get as much information as possible. Uh, it's the race to what can I do better? What can I know better? Um, how do I get access to it faster and more accurately and cheaper too? Now, while the information is available, a lot of people, you know, will, will want to promote it and will want to use a lot of technologies that are solely related or solely related to data. Um, Will that change in a future landscape, tech landscape? I don't know. We've seen that change already happen in the last few years because a lot of companies have heavily invested in, in data-specific technologies and, and realized that the use cases were not applicable to their businesses. Um, because, you know, let's be real, not, not every business needs a full AI suite in order to work, right? Uh, and um, big operational companies have always worked very well and data is a plus. So data will be essential if you need to know things faster and better. Uh, data will be essential if you're capitalizing on artificial intelligence in any way, shape or form, whatever that artificial intelligence may be. Uh, and data will be essential moving forward in order to promote different types of technologies, notably those around AI, right? Maybe it's just a matter of giving a green tick for people to be able to go through and we know that it's a safe way. Uh, but that's, that's a data usage, right, in the tech world. Uh, so, it will, yeah, I, I, I do believe it'll be essential. And to the same point that I had earlier, I do believe that there will some, be some matrix-like data offerings, uh, but maybe those will become a lot more prominent, right? You know, some labs are talking about swallowing a camera to see how your clinical trial is going in your body. Is it, is it relevant? Maybe it will become because all of a sudden health tech has actually taken a much much more prevalent picture in a much more prevalent space uh, since this whole pandemic started. So yeah, I guess we'll, we'll definitely have to work together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting actually kind of where data is coming out in this whole, you know, essential versus non-essential um, matrix, like you said, because I think in lots of businesses, 
the data science field or in lots of teams it's you know this kind of nice shiny oh let's do something in data science because it's it's quite it's a new kid on the block it sounds quite quite sexy and uh you know it's always seen as the i guess i guess like the innovation part of technology to have a data science team but it's amazing how you know situations like this as i mentioned before really do bring to the before how important it is that businesses really understand exactly what is going on in their data especially when they're thinking about you know making big decisions on how to you know be more cost conscious or how to kind of lower their fixed costs and lower their overheads being able to make those really fully informed decisions are in my opinion now more essential than they've ever been before you know so certainly from the data analytics side and data visualization and all of that you know for a lot of businesses it's becoming particularly um vital and, and essential um but yeah like you said even the stuff that's that's always been the kind of nice shiny nice to have the the ai automation the machine learning stuff you know that now i think it, it is becoming more and more important for for lots of businesses so uh yeah i do really think that data has been put under the the microscope quite a lot throughout this uh, this transition in in a good and positive way i think for the, the kind of data industry for just what it actually can do for people and it's amazing i was speaking to a guy um quite recently who was working on an algorithm to um predict um uh, sort of faults with um early predictions with faults with engines um on airplanes and um he was um, in, in talks with a healthcare company about how he could use the, the basis of a lot of the algorithm for um, pr- prediction with um, disease. So totally, totally turn the algorithm right on its head and, and looking at something within the healthcare sector. So kind of when you said that, you know, we've all got to come together and, um, you know, sort of group together. I'm amazed actually at how um, data has, has played a huge part in, in this whole pandemic of keeping people safe uh, and keeping people uh, healthy you know it genuinely has been saving lives in certain instances and i know we've had obviously lots of problems with this whole test and trace um scenario in in the uk obviously with being total flop but but in other areas you know data has um has really been coming through and a key way of keeping people safe and and healthy and and, and that in itself is just a, an amazing thing so, uh, so yeah, very, uh, very interesting times, I think, for, for anybody in the world of data. But um, so how do you feel, you know, the world is going to be on the other side of this? You know, what, what, what sort of fundamental changes do you think uh, are going to have taken place in both business and society? And, uh, you know, what, what sort of what good do you think potentially can come of this, this pretty uh, horrendous situation that we've all been living through? I'll start with the uh, the answer of good. Um, I definitely think that because we've all been isolated, I mean, for those who have been, you know, isolated and lucky enough to, to be isolated, um, I think a sense of community is definitely starting to shape back and everyone is willing to come back together and really be able to rebuild the community. Um, you know, it'll take reinvesting into your local coffee shop, for instance, because that's your little guilty pleasure and you've decided that you really don't want to see it go. So you want to keep your community alive and you're really going to do your part. Um, a lot of people have said, I've definitely become more present. And so maybe that'll be something that a lot of people will take coming out 
of this pandemic of just being able to stop and be a lot more present. Um, in some cases, you know, resilience has been quite an important topic. I don't know if uh, you've read the, the articles as well, but you know, whether it's the New York Times or the New Yorker or the BBC, everyone has had an opinion about what it means to be resilient because all of a sudden people were dealing with so many emotions during this lockdown that they actually had to, to go through them and really be able to understand and, and, and process them and in some cases go through some kind of grieving if they needed to, right? Um, and maybe people will become a lot more resilient. Maybe, maybe this will make it a stronger community or a stronger person, a stronger person within their stronger community because ultimately now everybody understands that they have a role to play in order to keep one another safe. Your nose is running, don't go outside. If you see someone coughing, don't approach them. <laughs> you know, um, keep our NHS safe, keep our uh, supermarket workers safe, keep our colleagues safe, keep our families safe, keep each other safe. And I think that that's really moving forward, definitely something that's going to come, come positive out of it. Mm. And, you know, there are some there are some, some aspects that people are wanting to look at a lot more notably in the tech and in the data field um, because there has been a root, like sort of a reverse on the climate. Uh, a lot of people are now thinking, okay, well, do we have enough information and has data and tech actually been strong enough and have an important role to be able to show whether or not this green revolution is being is going to be sustained or not. You know, that was one of the positive effects that we had during during this lockdown was that they had seen that the level of the levels of CO2 were actually down. Well, you know, we've measured that, so we have the information. Um, is the data still going to be available and can we actually use it to show what we need to do in order to move forward? to keep it at that rate. Mm. Same with our community needs. Is there gonna be some sort of measure that we can actually proactively go back and rebuild and, and, and help each other out, right? To rebuild this community. Um, and I'll add another point, tech and data, data notably. Uh, data is all about knowledge and data is a bunch of information that's either structured or unstructured. Um, in a lot of cases, it's a matter of just sitting down and reading the information that's available. Basic reading, right? Um, so now there's also a question of, will there be a lot more technology literacy, digital literacy coming out of this? Will people choose to actually sit down and read information in one field or sit down and read information in another technical and digital field in order to become a lot more literate and maybe be part of this, this tech revolution or this tech community in order to build the essential and to rebuild for a better community? Um, are we actually going to see a lot more people want to specialize in tech? Or maybe the reverse, or people are going to say, okay, well, no, I actually prefer gardening. It's become a lot more soothing to me, and I prefer to go to a simple life. That's possible. Um, and so moving forward, maybe we'll, we'll literacy will have to 
or will become something different so that we can all work together and all build a bridge to continue. Yeah, absolutely. I think really, really good points there. Um, I, I totally agree with your first um, kind of observation there about how this is, this has given us an opportunity as people, as a society to kind of just pause and reevaluate uh, everything that's going on. And it's amazing how many people I've spoken to over the last kind of 12 weeks that have really had kind of a total realignment of their, of their kind of priorities in life and, and their kind of, you know, moral compass and, and actually are looking at something from a career perspective very different on the way out of this than kind of what they were looking for on the on the way in um which again i would hope can't can't be a bad thing and just going back to your point there about the kind of data you know that that it's around the environment and things like that that you know that, that, that it's going to result off the back of this temporary hiatus you can't just hope that actually we can build upon that um data get it out to the, the greater good and there is some uh, meaning inferred from it that that means potentially we do sort of change our habits in, in some way because one of the, the sort of quite biggest quite and shames i think that can happen is all the airlines start firing back up again everybody starts traveling again it's like i just remember that thing coronavirus a while ago and then it's just straight back to where we were and there there, there is no lesson learnt from that that perspective so i think yeah get like you say getting data out there getting the knowledge out there to people sooner rather than later whilst we can i think is is absolutely key um but um but yeah, I think around you know the, the world in terms of, of of what people want now, it, it feels different as well. I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of people I've spoken to over the last twelve weeks that you know, okay, lockdown's been pretty pretty horrendous for for lots of reasons and pretty stressful. And uh, you know, don't get me wrong, personally, there's been times I've literally wanted to throw my kids out the window. But but generally speaking, there's there's you know people I'm speaking to that are like actually you know, I've really enjoyed being at home and spending more time with my kids and um yeah i i don't want to go back to five days a week on site you know and and uh, sort of physically making it a stipulation in their in their job search that they want a company that would allow them to do at least half the time working from home um you know so i think it has kind of really made there was always this uh uh, you know, myth, I guess, of, you know, well, you can't work from home because you won't be doing work and all this kind of thing. And I think for lots of businesses now that has been, has been disproven, you know, because uh, productivity in lots of businesses has actually spiked, um, you know, um, taking out account of the kind of wider economic climate, but it, but it kind of has. So I do think the, the way we engage and kind of how we work is, is going to be very different on the other side of this. And um, yeah, I guess technology will continue to, play uh, a really kind of um, important role in, in how we continue to evolve and how we continue to facilitate um, a business. But um, I guess this, this particular exchange is a great example of that. I mean, you're in Paris at the moment in a, with an absolutely awesome view out the window. You have to show the view before we go. Um, oh, yeah. you know, in, uh, so show the view of uh, what, what you're looking at at the moment. I don't know if you can see it very well, but tell me if it's not. Yeah, you can definitely, I don't think you're going to miss the Eiffel Tower from that. <laughs> yeah we can't see it at the moment but there you go yeah um but this this is you know, what's that did you see it when i showed it to you yes i no? did yeah you could see it definitely okay. you, you couldn't miss it um but yeah this, okay. this, Vegas, i swear <laughs> um but that it kind of highlights the point of you know would we be doing this kind of you know exchange you in paris me sat in kent you know having a conversation if this whole situation hadn't happened the way it's happened, but you know, obviously I'm, I'm really grateful. It's, 
it's happened to the degree we've been able to get together and have this conversation. But, you know, technology is, has brought us that much closer together. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I think it's a very, very uh, interesting time that we're living through. And, uh, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I really do pray we're kind of out on the, uh, yeah, we're getting out to the other side of it now. Um, and we do just end up being in a, a more positive place uh, on all fronts moving forward. But um, is there um, anything else you'd want to add maybe or, or any kind of uh, takeaway thoughts that you'd like to, to end on uh, from anything that we discussed today? No, um, always the same thing. Thank you to the IT guys who made uh, who made this happen, and uh, thanks to the essential workers as always. I think that we we definitely we definitely have made it out. Thanks to everyone essential and everyone who's uh, who's definitely kept working while we were while we were able to work comfortably at home. So yeah, that's yeah. that's last point <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah totally uh, totally agree thank you thank you to everybody that's uh, not had the opportunity to work from home and has had to go out there in uh, in the conditions adverse conditions and and uh, show that level of bravery so yeah i totally totally concur with that um perfect well Isabel, look, lovely to speak to you thank you very much for your time and uh yeah hopefully we'll uh, we'll catch up again in the not too distant future when uh yeah we're uh, we're maybe in the same country <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. Cool. All right, take care, and we'll we'll catch up soon, no doubt. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Have a good afternoon.